Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Megan Casper, founder of Core Essence, pelvic floor therapy. And they help people, women, to really work on their health, primarily pregnant and postpartum women. Fantastic. I know there's much more into that that you do, but Megan, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's an honor to be here. Nice to meet you. You're welcome. So can you explain a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? Okay. Um, so where I am with my business is I left um, corporate healthcare working in an outpatient, very busy clinic uh, about two years ago, and I started my own practice. Um, I Pelvic health is something that is available to all ages and genders. I specifically, um, and gender identities, I specifically work with women and focus on prenatal postpartum population, um, preparing for birth, birth injuries, but I also work with women across the lifespan that might be having other pelvic health related needs. Mm. And um, so I've been focusing on patient care for about the past year and a half, but recently in the past few months, my business has opened up a little bit to mentoring other clinicians, Um, primarily clinicians who are new to pelvic health, um, which can be a very overwhelming, um, educational world to kind of navigate. And um, that has been extremely rewarding, not only being able to help clients, but to be able to help other therapists, um, empower other therapists to know yeah. that they can do this work and, and, and just inspire them to help make an impact. And so oh, my business beautiful. is thing, yeah, it's a little bit more of the teaching role, but I, I never want to lose the, um, the, the hands-on client work either. So what was it about that work that you were like, yeah, there's the clients that you work with. And of course they have their, their challenges and, and what they come to you with is, is one set of um, you know, situations. Whereas the clinicians, oh my gosh, that is a completely different kettle of fish. And it's yeah. almost following your footsteps. You sort of lead them away. So let's, first of all, let's focus on your, on your actual clients, sure. the, the, sort of the patients. What is it like for them to come to you to what, what, where have they maybe been failed on before or they've lost hope or what's different and how do you help them to sort of work through and see this new, the possibility, what's, what's actually how you can help them? Yes. So I first, you know, our, our healthcare system, I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about it. It has helped me. It has helped my family. It has helped my children, but I don't feel like today in America, our healthcare system is is serving our chronic pain clients 
um, to the, our wellness clients um, best. So, you know, you have a car accident, you go into the hospital, you need surgery, all of that's great. But if you have a problem that is not that acute, but that is really impacting your life, and especially it has to do with the pelvis or the toilet or taboo things that people don't talk about. So the diagnoses that I primarily treat are, you know, incontinence, either bowel or bladder, um, pain with intimacy, um, birth injuries, um, prolapse, pressure issues, um, digestional issues. And so these are things that are really difficult for people to talk about. So a lot of my clients have been struggling with symptoms for years. I have had women who have not been able to sit without pain for seven years, which impacts their ability to drive to work. Um, I have women who uh, have you know, incontinence and don't feel like they can participate in things they want to do. Don't feel like they can go to the ball field with their child because mm. they're going to have an accident. Um, and some of these women have been from specialist to specialist to specialist, um, urologist, gynecologist, urogynecologist. Um, and some of the work that I do is just so simple and holistic. And I really focus on balance, nervous system, um, posture, how we're breathing, how we are in our body. So it's a lot of connective work. Mm. And sometimes something as simple as increased water intake and really giving some time to our nervous system and thinking about how our body moves throughout the day can help heal these chronic problems and allow people to participate in their everyday life without pain. Yeah. I mean, that, that there is huge because the pain, the ongoing pain can be, it can be exhausting. And the the restrictions that has on on our daily life, again, yeah. there's so much in that. And to hear, and this is where we talk within Unforget Yourself about the the blessing and the curse. There is the guilt that comes into this. That you know, if you tell me all I have to do really is drink some more water, um, do some deep breathing, and I could actually have resolved some of these challenges, I have to believe that you are completely wrong. Because, yes. oh my gosh, then that would mean that I'm, I, I could have done this all along. So I, I have to blame other people. That sort of mindset, I'm not saying everyone does that, but there's there's something in that, the the realization that we we are in control. And sometimes it is the simple things, you know, getting some sunlight in the morning to regulate our natural systems, you know, regulate the nervous system, put our feet on the grass, get some grounding, scientifically proven now. There's all these things, drink your water, the principle I say is you're a plant, yeah. get your water, get your sunlight, get your nutrients and rest when you need to. That, that's that the enough. foundation. It counts for a lot, right? Yeah, it does. And, you know, the other thing in our healthcare system is we're divided into body parts. And so a pelvic health therapist, um, many of them are going to look at your whole body. How is your whole body? How is what's going on in your shoulders? What's going on in your feet? How you're holding your stress, your movement patterns? How is that impacting what's going on in your pelvic floor and creating tension because mm. your pelvis is in the center of your whole body. So very often, if I have a woman that has something as, as common as leakage, they think the problem's in the pelvic floor, but often it's lack of mobility above the pelvis that's creating too much pressure down. So it's really looking at our patients, not as parts of their body and not as symptoms, but mm. individual people, what are their roles? What are their experiences? How do they cope with stress? and unpeeling the layers to help them heal. And what I'm not fixing anybody. And that's the other thing that's really important. If you're gonna come into my office, you're going to do the work. I'm going to give you tools. We're gonna to figure out which recipe is best for you. 
But mm. in the end, you're responsible for your own healing. And, um, and yeah, we're going to unkill layer by layer until we can find what works for you. But it's really looking at the body as whole body and not just the pelvic floor. Yeah. Which I think collaboration. I think yeah. that's a, that's a huge part the the collaboration between you and your clients, but there's also the collaboration between, between me, mm-hmm. Mark and my body. It's like, Oh my gosh, I have to see my body as something a little bit separate for me. And how do I leverage work with users as my collaboration with this, this, this meat suit that I get to wear and walk mm-hmm. around with, because damn it, I, I kind of need this. It's kind of important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I had a client come in today and basically say to me, you know, they come in with these really big clinical issues. And she's like, I cannot believe how focusing on a a better breathing pattern has changed my symptoms. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking at a summit in Phoenix in August, literally about how breath and posture can impact our pelvic floor. Um, And so I feel very passionate about having my clients believe how simple this can be. And sometimes it is more complicated, right? And that's what we have mentors and books and courses for. Um, But I also want other clinicians to understand that going back to the foundational stuff and looking at the whole person, it just can make such a profound impact for people. Love that. So with with that in mind, let's, let's talk about what was it like when you sort of first started? Because, you know, what was it for you that sort of triggered you to be like, yes, damn it, I'm going to sort of break away. This is the area that I want to really focus on. This is how I want to do it. What was that like for you? So when I was working um, in the outpatient clinic, taking insurance, you know, working for the person, the supervisor who had a supervisor who had a supervisor and basically feeling like a number um, and not feeling like quality of care was very important. It was really more about the bottom line, which I understand as a business owner, but quality of care increases the like mm. it increases um, and it, it's good. So I was really feeling in a place where I could no longer, insurance was not allowing me to treat the whole body. If somebody came in with incontinence, I had to stick to this, 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 and this. And I was told that I was really working um, kind of not in the right place, um, but my clients were getting better. And so it was always something that I thought about leaving healthcare and going straight into body work. Mm. Um, because I am a body worker as well. I do myofascial release and massage therapy, but I just sort of, I just sort of knew that I could help more people if I went out on my own. But I, you know, I said this earlier, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I have friends who are entrepreneurs and I just remember listening to their stories and feeling like, wow, you're amazing. Not me. No, thank you. I'm all set. Um, so doing it was extra scary because it wasn't a dream I had. I just just wanted to to do my job without being told what not to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people find themselves they are the accidental entrepreneurs. Like, oh my gosh, I just kind of tripped and fell. I didn't mean to do this. I yeah. found myself in a business. Other people are like almost sort of forced into it. You sound like a sort of mix of the two, which is like I didn't really want to, and but I kind of felt that's the only way. And so you were it was choice, but you <laughs> maybe felt like. No, it is a choice, but I've only got one choice if I really want to make a difference in the way that I want to, right? Yes, exactly. And I did have that safety net within my career. I could always go get a job at a hospital again, right? Not loving my life. I mean, there was a safety net there. I had this, I have this career. I could have somebody else pay me to do it, or I could 
make my own money and work mm. my own hours and take on the clients that I want to work with. So that there, there's the, sort of, there's the safety net of, yeah, you could always back. You can always be employed. So that's yeah. one thing. Not many people want to go back to that. And you, no, you know, you left that for a good reason. <laughs> but there's also, you are able to overcome the, the comfort. So you are having comfort and discomfort at the same time. That mm -hmm. comfort of, okay, I'm safe. This works. It fits to a certain degree, but also the uncomfort, which is, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this stuff. I'm told, stop doing that. Just do this. There's all these different ways of working. So to, for you to be able to overcome that and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm choosing to go into uncomfort here. That's, that can be tough. And that probably holds so many people back. So is this, is that part of your passion where you're now looking at other clinicians to say, and wave the flag to say, Hey guys, your choice, you do what you want, but oh my gosh, this is possible. And actually, hold on. I, isn't that the same message to your clients? Hey, look, this is possible. There's another way. Yes. Beautiful. And I've had, um, I've been blessed to work, mentor some other therapists um, very early on in their career, fresh out of school, new pelvic health therapists, 20 something years old who think they have to work for somebody else for many, many years until they do this. And some of my mentees have already started with their own business and that, that, that lights me up and, and I'll start planting the seed early. I'm like, so I'm going to answer this question from a clinic based standpoint, but then we're going to talk about when you're on your own, what we're going to do. And they're like, Oh, that could never happen. Six, mm. eight months later, they're doing it. Nice. So do you, that satisfaction, I can see you light up when you sort of talk about this, the, the, the journey that they go on that with clients, you have the direct impacts and of yeah. course in their lives. But with clinicians, oh my gosh, you now have the indirect. There's their clients for every one you help. Then you help hundreds, thousands of others. Oh my word. Yes. And that's that how I remember my mentor um, who just changed my whole entire life and um, inspired me to do this. And I've had many other mentors, but her name is Lindsay Vestal and she has been amazing. And I remember getting cards from clients that said, thank you so much. You know, the work we've done together impacting me this. And I would share them with her. And I would say, I just want you to see the trickle effect that your work is having. Yeah. Because she's teaching people to do what I do. I'm teaching people to do what she taught me. And it's just, it's helping people feel better. And it's helping people create the lifestyle that they want um, mm. from a business perspective. Yeah. Okay. Lifestyle. Let's, 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 Got on a tangent with that word. So, okay. So you left kind of the nine to five and went into the promised land of being an entrepreneur, even though you never quite saw yourself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And of course, then it was, it was easy. It was, it was super easy. You got the, the time balance that you wanted. You got the revenue you wanted. You helped the clients you wanted. It was, it just happened, right? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, what I will say, um, the part that was easy, and I feel like you know when you're in the right place, when when the universe kind of just opens that up for you, is that the clients did come. I did not have to work for the clients. Um, but to be able, you know, I was living in a house as a single mother with two younger kids that I knew was not sustainable. And I made a decision to sell it and rent for a while, which I'm not telling anybody to start their own business to go sell their own house. But for me, 
you know, it wasn't something that was sustainable anyway. And so how can I, as a single mother, create six months of comfort where if I don't make money, it's okay. Mm. And I did get the part-time per diem job where I could see home care clients, you know, and I had the choice. I could take one or two that week, or I could take six to eight, which helped with flexibility, but it was seven months into my business. I was able to quit that job. Fantastic. So you did take the decisions. You were a choice, but you were very logical and thought-driven about it, but without, without pigeonholing yourself. So it's kind of a nice sort of approach that you had. And so what was it like? So you had that sort of stepping stone. What was it like as you then realized, ah, here's the entirety of being a business owner. Here are all the things that I never realized I had to do all this other stuff. Oh, yes. So I was really proud of myself because I was loving the work. I was making more money, but I was working way more hours. And Mm. it became confusing because sometimes it didn't feel like work. And so that made it kind of difficult to create the balance. Well, I have to work. I have to work on my business versus working in my business, which would, which is something that I had to really think about and try to mm-hmm. create a little bit more balance around. Um, but I think I lost sight of your question because I went on a tangent. Can you repeat that for me? Yeah, tangent is what the show is all about. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's, all right. <laughs> I mean, you, you said right now that you love, let's, let's open a different question because when you... Yeah the work that you do the passion you have for your clients and what it actually helps people with this is how did you start to lose that focus was it that you I love the work that I do I love the impact on other people and so that desire to help others to build this you kind of lost that that sort of balance and realized there's I'm I'm doing much more over here from the desire to help others rather than hold on this is what am I actually building here Mm -hmm. Yes, that that is was a challenge. I've improved it. And it, as I get busier and as my as we talked about, as I start to go into more of teaching and writing and speaking roles, um, it's shifting even more because now I'm really looking at creating content and creating content is work. It's time away from my family that doesn't feel mm. like work. It lights me up. So um, it's hard. It's it's a really, really hard balance. And um, I have struggled and I know that a lot of um, parent entrepreneurs do with, am I hundred percent in my business right now? Or am I hundred percent with my family or am I 50% in both, which is a stressful mm. place to be. So th- that's been a challenge that I work on daily. Oh yeah. The, 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 being present with your business and present with your home life. And yeah. with that, you, you said business home, you haven't even mentioned yourself because there needs to be you in this. So there are all these elements that we forget. It's so easy to do that. So um, pop quiz. What was, the, what was the biggest mistake you made as you were growing your business? What was the biggest mistake I made? Um, letting the backhand stuff go because I didn't like doing it. Ooh. Created a mountain. What's the best thing you did? Hired a VA to help me with that. Ah, so the worst thing and the best thing, they are so heavily connected. Oh they my are, gosh. Yeah. Nicely done. So making these mistakes is, is part and parcel of life. We get to do these things and realize, oh, shit, I don't like doing that. And that's okay. And other times it's, yeah, we can see the, take the lessons, take the information and what, mm-hmm. we, what we do to move forward. So that time, money, energy sort of balance 
what was that like to try and get that right sort of ratio of I need the help, but it's going to cost me money. Can mm-hmm. I justify it? So then we maybe you put it off longer than you, you could have done. I started what? to see literally how much time processes were taking me because of the back-end disorganization or I didn't file this or I didn't file that and how can I catch up with my new last client and where is that note and um Mm. I started to realize because for me I think it was easier for me to justify giving myself more time than it was to justify the cost um but I work with business coaches and I have you know other people who have come before me that I depend on and I listen to and some one of my mentors had to put her foot down and say, you need a VA. And I was on Facebook and there was a woman within, um, I'm in a women's business league, which is a great group of women um, nationally. Um, we support each other as women, um, it's like a business networking group. And she was offering VA packages. And I thought, buying 10 hours feels comfortable for me. And I actually don't mind that she's a little bit more expensive than the VA I can get um, hourly because I feel good as a female entrepreneur giving money to another female entrepreneur like it felt supportive at the same time it was something that I need and she did in 30 minutes would have taken me two days yeah in terms of you know going into my stuff and making it clean and neat and accessible and putting into files and I don't have an organized brain my brain doesn't work like that so um it was a lifesaver and it's made me available to do more of what I love to do, which is work with clients and teach. Yeah. That love guy. that. So it was a case of, it, it's so hard to ask for help sometimes. And we can justify and make excuses and all this stuff that comes with it. But I mean, I think letting go is such a hard thing for solopreneurs and CEOs to do because, oh my gosh, it's either we, no one can do it better than us or <laughs> there's that kind of fear involved. And for you to sort of let go, Maybe kicking and screaming a little bit. Maybe you know you need to do it, but oh my gosh, it was tough. Yeah. And, and the realized- fear of her seeing my mess, right? I don't want her to see how my brain works. I just want her to see the finished product, right? Yeah. I don't want anybody to see that because it's my own disorganization and, and things that I feel like I should have had in processes I thought I should have had in place before I got busy, but I got busy quicker than I planned. And then it just got messy. And when I shared it with her, she was like, oh, I've seen way worse. It's like, if you think your house is dirty and people come in like, oh, I've seen way worse. Um, yeah. It was wonderful. That, wonderful. that analogy, that way of talking is, is beautiful because yeah, that's the way we describe the work that we do. Oh my gosh, it's, you were worried that people were, that they'd come in and see that an organized mess of your business. And so yeah. you wanted to hold it back for a while. Other people with, with line of work that we do is like, it's like we open a door into people's minds and it's like oh my gosh it's a mess in here i want to close the door avoid it and that doesn't happen and what we have to do is if you hold the door it's like okay let's organize this okay let's work through these false beliefs these stories these promises these emotions that we're going through all of this stuff and once you start to organize it and pay attention to it and back to your va leverage it leverage these things oh my gosh game changer yeah Filing and organizing is not my thing. Doesn't light me up. It doesn't help anybody. <laughs> Does not light me up. Exactly. A spreadsheet is for a certain kind of person, right? Not me. Ah. So what's, where's your focus 
going forward because now you've 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 had you've had lots of success you've had you know maybe more work than you could sort of handle you've had that good growth you've started to bring on people it's like oh my gosh this is the start of the the momentum into a, a brave new world what's where's your focus going forward my focus going forward is on setting better boundaries around my time and when I'm at work and when I'm at home. And I started the summer with not kicking and screaming about the money, but saying, I'm going to take Fridays off all summer so that I don't have to pay for childcare. And so that I can be 100% present and do fun things with my children on those days. Yeah. And, you know, when you take every Friday off in the summer, does the money change? A little, but I also raised my prices a couple months ago. And <laughs> so now I see more people less people and sort of make the same so but I'm back, back yeah. to you there how did that impact you how did you feel what change did you see in yourself by doing that I saw that I could make a major change in my business that made me uncomfortable and it would still work and that it wouldn't just fall apart or that I wouldn't lose a ton of money or you know clients wouldn't be upset oh I can only see on your Fridays if you block your Friday that person who's not available on Fridays, if they really want to work with you, they'll make themselves available on Tuesdays. So mm -hmm. I had to really, I have a mentor that's, we've been really working on, on setting my boundaries. What hours do I want to work? When am I going to say stop? When am I going to give my family time? But also when am I going to give myself time to not be mom or entrepreneur and go get a massage, right? Um, so, and I have officially... I was blocking Mondays before for admin, but, you know, squeezing people in. And unless I have a woman who's giving birth in the next two weeks or a woman who just gave birth and can't walk, I'm not making that obsession anymore. Those yeah. are my days for admin, for content creation. Um, and that's been very helpful. Yeah, that that kind of structure, and now you've you've seen the because logically, I think you get that anyway. Logically, you know, I will feel better, I will do better work with mm -hmm. that space, with that family time, with lighting yourself up. Mm -hmm. But logically, you got that. But now you have the experiential understanding. You've seen it, you've felt mm -hmm. it, you've been there. It's like, oh my gosh! So the VA game changer, game changer. scary, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did it? Would, did it create a little bit more work to start with? Maybe. But did that pay for itself within, what did you say, half an hour? Yes. Yes, it did. Would have made me more money sooner had I done it sooner. These are the decisions that we, all, we are all faced with at different levels of our business. They're uncomfortable. They're, they're, they're tricky. And oh, they're sneaky, sneaky things that will stop us from doing it. And you've just shown two amazing examples of if you wouldn't have done this, you could justify it and say why, but you've now reached that next level, the next step. It's tough. And that's why the support, that's why we're having this conversation to show other people, oh my gosh, it can be the best thing you could do. I know it's scary. I know it's tough. Yeah. There is a way through. So okay. love that. So as you progress into this, this next place, this next version of you, what's the next identity of you that you're like, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, we were joking offline before we, we press record that um, I still don't see myself as an entrepreneur, even though, <laughs> oh my gosh, you've completely done this and you're teaching other people how to be it. That impost syndrome, that doubt, it's, again, this, this is sneaky. So what's the identity that you're, you're striving to, to become and fully body? 
I want to be, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I want to be the go-to person in my community. When somebody hears about a pelvic health ish, issue, I want my name to come up. And through word of mouth, that started to happen, but I want it to, to happen even more. So mm -hmm. I want to be associated, um, you know, with, with pelvic floor and with healing and, and sort of that, that, that final hope. Um, I also would like to see myself grow a little bit more on the online space. I have been busy enough to justify the fact that I haven't been very active on my social media because ah, that um, word justify. Oh, I know. What was, what was actually, what was, so break it down. What was really stopping you? What, what really what, stopping what? me from social media? Honestly, time. Yeah. Time. So then we can go back to the VA thing and say, well, can I hire somebody, which is probably what's going to need to happen next. Um, but social media is such a great way. Like, yes, I want to see clients. Yes, I want to make money. But really, my, my higher passion is to educate mm. women and educate patients. So much of yeah. the information that I teach people one-to-one -one should just be available. It, yes, I want you to come see me. Yes, I want to help you know, figure out how you can heal, but also you should be able to go to my social media and get some major tips to help you in your life. Mm. And I get excited with content creation. I do enjoy it. But when I actually go onto Canva, I'm there for three hours writing four words, right? So it's also not my cup of tea. So mm. I am, my next step is really um, hiring somebody to help me with that so that I can reach more. Um, clients reach more women who want to learn or have questions about their body and reach other yeah. therapists. beautiful megan thank you so so much for being here today thank you for sharing behind the scenes and the amazing work that you do thank um, you it's it was really a pleasure speaking with you mike thanks for the opportunity hey you're welcome and also you know if if people want to find out more about you and, and the amazing work that you do where can they find you um they can find me on my website uh which is www w.coreessence.live and I also have um, I'm also core essence pelvic floor therapy on Facebook and Instagram and um, soon that should be a little bit busier <laughs> you hit so by the time this, this podcast launches it'll be like oh my gosh it'll be popular it'll be so <laughs> much value there so everyone go check it out but again thank you for being here this has been, thank you. It's been a lot awesome. of fun thank you Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.